I can't smoke like I used to. I can't smoke like I used to. Why not? I don't know. I just I have a tolerance now. I have a tolerance now. I shouldn't have partook before I went on. Before we went on. We it's okay. Okay, though. It's Love all it. good, man. It's a Love safe it. place. I'm a little high right now. It's all good, B. That's good. Yes, sir. Um, are you guys all ready? This episode of Hot Boxing is brought to you by ShipStation. Get your 60-day free trial at ShipStation.com right now with promo code HOTBOXING. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Hot Boxing. I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. Mike, we got a great one today, oh, bro. We have a legend, man. This we is got beautiful. a legend. Old we got the one G. and only... Busy Bone. Biz, Biz, Cleveland. What's up? Cleveland showing love. Bone Thugs in Harmony. Bone Thugs. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be here. I appreciate you guys. I really, really do. Big shout out to AG, my boy, Mr. King, for helping orchestrate this and put this together. Absolutely, man. I'm a big fan of Bone Thugs. I can't even hear the name. I can't even hear the name without thinking... Boom, 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 boom. Dude. Oh, my God, man. Welcome, that's dude. A, that's a great video, Thank too, you. right? That's Thank an you. awesome video. Thank you. Well, you have an incredible story. I mean, you know, take us back to, you know, really, I mean. Where it all started. Yeah, where did it all start, brother? Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Me and my boys, real young. Who else came out of Cleveland that rap? Oh, uh, uh, MC Brains, a guy by the name of MC Brains. He did some stuff, Mike, with uh, Michael Bivens from um, New Edition. Went platinum, real, real big. And then Kid Cudi, um, MGK. Oh, that's right, Kid Cudi. Yeah. Love Kid Cudi. Yeah. But started started young. Mm -hmm. Started real young with me and my boys and... um, is that Cooley High Harmony story? Wally died, and you know you hear it all in Crossroads. It was that kind of that kind of life. And Easy E, he he found us, you know. And he said the the thugs in harmony, right? Right. And the rest was like the rest was history, you know. And I mean, it's of course over twenty six, twenty seven years. I'm leaving out a few parts, but. For the sake of time, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. But we got all day. We brother. got time, brother. I mean, all yeah. Day. Well, you know, it was bring us in. It was the streets. It was early, early nineties. It was cocaine. What was the shoe store? I used to go to the place to you get the shoes. Yeah. What's the name of the place? Um. Oh man, you got down me. Alberts, Mr. Alberts. Yeah, yeah Mr. Alberts. Mr. Yeah. Alberts with Mr. the gators, Alberts, get your yeah. alligator shoes, and Mr. Mm-hmm. Alberts to get and Mr. Alberts. All the fly stuff, and now they yeah. just put a casino right next to his old shop downtown. Oh, man, which that's is real that, cool. That must be beautiful. Man. No, that's real nice. No, I used to, to see live it. in Cleveland for ten years. Really? Yeah, Shaker Heights and stuff. Okay. Down there. Oh, I was always, I was always down. What, what was um? What was not the Q Club? What was the name of the clubs back in the day down there? It was mostly the uh, flats. And the flat, no, but it was some other clubs mm-hmm. too. That was really some awesome back in the day clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know Cleveland that well. I played the Browns a few times. Came into town to play the Browns. Cleveland, the real that, city with beautiful people. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I love yeah, Cleveland. absolutely. I love yeah. Cleveland. People say, "What the fuck are you in Cleveland for?" Good food. I love Cleveland. Good food. Good food. Home, home of the, home of the uh, Lancers. You ever uh, went to Lancers? Yeah, Lancers. Yeah, it's still there. Lancers, it's still yeah, that's Wishbone Lancers, Place right yeah. there. That's his spot. Lancers. It's definitely George a spot. George Dixon was my man. Yeah, Hot Lancers. Sauce Williams. 
Yeah, food spot out there, real good food spot. But yeah, you know Cleveland. You know, Cleveland turned me into a peep game. Frog legs. Really? I never ate frog legs. I went to Cleveland. I got turned down on frog legs. Frog legs originally a French dish. I have no idea, but if I learned it in Cleveland, it's so good. Yeah. Fried frog legs. Interesting. Oh, that sounds like some Cajun stuff. Addicted to that stuff. You yeah. Addicted to that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, a certain southern swagger in Cleveland that they seem uh, a lot more down south. And listen to this is what you would know. Interesting. Cleveland have um, a variety of gangsters. Really? Yeah, they don't fuck around. Mm. Irish mob. I'm talking about today. Italian mob. Yeah. Today, right oh, now. She's talking about back in the day. Yeah, like, I know. Danny uh, Green and those guys. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about mm. right now today. Still now. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Well, people, how did people, you... People from big cities go out this time in Cleveland's little-ass town and find fall into a big surprise. Yes. Mm. It's dangerous. Many a times. Many a times. <laughs> it's very dangerous. It's very right? dangerous. <laughs> oh, no. Talk a little bit about that, man, and come and, you know, how that infused your music. Yeah. Right. And led you guys to... You know, how did it... How was it that you guys came together? You know, instead of, you know, each of you sort of having your own individual path, you know, or thinking that you wanted to go it alone. Instead, you know, you guys really came together. We're a group. I was um, I was selling dope for my father at the time. Wow. And are you from Huff? Um, off of uh, 10, 105. Um, so I was selling, selling dope for my father. And my father used to run around with Lele's mom. You know what I mean? Um, they knew each other just in passing. And then she told me I, I looked like her son. And she told me about her son's rap group. So I went over to his place and left a, a rap on his, his bunk bed. And come to find out we had already met in school. And then he came over to my house. And that's how I stopped selling dope and started rapping. Wow. That's amazing, dude. And that's how. Then he introduced me to everybody else. Introduced me to, you know, Crazy was the first one he introduced me to because I was like his partner in crime. Mm. Um, like, they was musical partners. And yeah. Flesh and Bone at the time was playing basketball because he was a star basketball player. He went to wound up going to Allegheny, so he's our athlete. Mm. So it was just them two at that time. And then I came along, Wish came along, and everything just start, started culminating. Because, you know, Flesh, he did two years. Um, with with uh, in Allegheny, and we couldn't pay his tuition, like we mm. couldn't pay his tuition anymore. And then the car got shot up, so he didn't have a way to get get back up, back and forth. Some street stuff we was going through, just nonsense that you know you go through in Cleveland. Um, and then after that, you know, uh, all all avenues started to close down on us, like what we were going to do with our lives, and they started dropping off dead bodies in our front yard. Because Sherm, well, not Sherm. Sherm out here is like uh, PCP. But Sherm in Cleveland is embalming fluid. Mm. Mm. So that hit the neighborhood really, really hard. Some guy riding a couple. Zombies walking in the Zombie water. Zombie water. Yeah. And and anyway, it it attacked the hood. And off of that zombie water, you kill people. Absolutely. Mm. How were people doing that? Is it dipped or is like weeds dipped in it? In in the freezer. They would dip it. Dip it in the embalming fluid. A guy would go in and, and rob does. a funeral home, and he would come up and, and he would bring a, like a new drug to the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it's it's some scary shit. Gets makes you strong as a bull. As an ox, you are a fucking 
You are metal. Monk, you are steel. Monk, the no pain and bothers. if you're already strong, you're unstoppable. The police gonna have to do something to you. Shoot you. No, oh they God. shoot them and they still kill a cop. Yeah. When they on that shit, they still shoot it right through them. They keep coming. Oh, that's mm-hmm. some scary shit. That's scary. Scary shit, dude. What was your guys' first break as a musical group? We were messing with a local guy. Um, he owned a record store. And I had some kids at the time, so I was working for him as well on the weekends. Um, and uh, he put out a record with us, a record called Faces of Death. And, you know, we named it after... It was an old video that came out. Yeah, it was just showing yeah. Docu- getting fucking Docu- killed. Yeah. Documentary, the those death. faces of death. I remember awesome that back in the day. I saw it too. Yeah, we were little gruesome little dudes. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, were, yeah. we were into that for some odd. You yeah. know, some like goth. Yeah, happened to like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, well, um, that really, you know, death and spirituality is a big part of you guys. Yeah, it always has. You know, yeah, grandma gonna put it in you. Yeah. Um. The neighborhood's going to put it in you. When you aren't with your parents, someone else's parents is going to put it in you. Mm. You know, when my mom wasn't there, Lazy's mom was there. So mm. I had someone there. So, mm. I'll, you know, th- that kind of thing. And then spirituality just runs through, just runs through us. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, it comes all through. Levels, yeah. all I, think that, was, I think it, um, it's nature. Spirituality is nature. Right. Because yeah. at a certain stage in your life, you start thinking about your mortality. Where am I really going from here? What's going on? It's almost over. Right. What's going to happen from now on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Should I be scared? Should I be nervous? Should I be sad? How should I feel? Should I be glorious? Should I be happy? Right. Yeah. What the fuck? What do you think? Well, that's an interesting point, Mike, because right. there's a lot of people out there who don't believe in God, who don't believe in a higher power, who are, you know, atheists. Well, I believe and, in my, my experience in God. I went through all that, too, using religion for my better purposes, whatever it is. And then as you get older, God lets you know he's here. You know what I mean? He lets you know that you're getting older and that the reality is that it's very shortly and no longer going to exist. So how do you feel about that? And he let you deal with that for a minute. Talk all your, your tough shit that goes on in your ego that you feel like you're a god and you feel like you're this and that. You're not going to exist much longer. Yeah. Everything you ever said will no longer exist. Yeah. How do you think people who don't believe in God, well, I guess we don't know because we're not those guys, but what would they say about our purpose here? You know, is it just a materialist experience we have? I think it, I think to answer that question, it would have to be what you relate with. Because if you don't believe in something beyond, just on a broad spectrum, you know, if we out there fishing, come on home type mm. shit. If you don't, be, you know, you your 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 lack of 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 love is you cut off at a certain limit. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's endless and boundless with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I Absolutely. think that those kind of people are only enhanced by people like us just understanding. Mm. You know, their their you know, their journey may be a little slower. That's the beauty of God. Yeah, that's what I believe in us mm. At love some that, point too. in life you gotta realize that it's God. Because in order not to believe that it's God, you have to believe there's something there's nothing bigger than you. If you believe that God doesn't exist, you have to believe that you're the biggest thing ever. You have to believe that if there's nothing bigger than me. There's no God. It's me. If matter of fact, I'm God. How can you not look at me? How can I not think something bigger than me? Something grander than me? Right. Look where I come from. I'm I'm filth. I'm trash in your shoe. Yeah. You know, it has to be a God for somebody like me to be me. 
Yeah. I agree with that. Mike, I've been listening to Manly P. Hall talks. Oh, God, that's beautiful stuff. And what is that? Manly P. Hall, he's sort of a he Western was mystic. Too. He was murdered, He was too. killed. Um, I believe so, yeah. Um, he's a mystic. He wrote a lot of books on consciousness and spirituality and God and our existence and, you know, everything, really. He's actually got – there's a – building over in Los Feliz, Los Feliz, in L.A., called the Philosophical Research Society, where you could go, and he's got all of his literature. He's written tons of texts. But I'm listening to his talks because you can find them all on Spotify. Yeah. And something he said yesterday just blew my mind. Not didn't blow my mind, but it was so true, is that all roads to true wisdom lead through purification. Oh, shit, yeah. And that's crazy you say that because sometimes I, when I when I'm looking at some of those shows like you know Monty and I'm, I'm listening to some of those lectures and I say to myself, do I really want to be enlightened? Do you want to go any further? Mm. You sure you want to go further, nigga? You really sure you want to go further? You really think you're tough? You want to go some further? You want to learn some more about yourself? And I start to wonder sometimes, wow, who am I? Why am I purpose here? How could my parents think they could raise children with their lifestyle that they had? How come I feel sad for my family because they never had nothing good in their life since I was born and all of a sudden all this good stuff happens to me? Why me? I wasn't smarter than nobody in my family and nobody ever knew. What do you come to when you think about that? The conclusion always comes that I should be on my knees worshiping. Mm. Surrendering. That I'm really nothing. And I think so much of myself, and I should always, I'm always on my knees, and um, I ask God to have mercy on my soul, because I think so much about myself. Not everyone is willing to look at themselves, and, you know, it takes, that's what Manly is talking about when he talks about purification, you know, because you're constantly, you're taking the mental beliefs that you have, and you're putting yourself up against them and saying, "Is does the conduct of my life match my beliefs? If I believe this thing that I should be good to people and I should, you know, spread positivity into the world, well, am I doing that? When I'm fucking in a rage because my dogs are acting out or, you know, things at home with my family aren't going well or... I have some idea at work that's supposed to be happening that isn't coming to fruition as fast as I want it to be. And then I'm just led to, you just have to let go of all that bullshit, man. You just have to surrender to what the universe has for you right now. I agree with that, too. That's why I go directly to the universe. I'm supposed to be doing this ad read right now, but I'm a little busy. Mike asked me to ship all the orders we're getting on the hotboxing shop, but we've been getting so many orders, there's no way I'm going to get them out on time. I'm way too confused and way too high. I've got to call Mike and just let him know I'm not going to finish this, and then I'll do the ad read. Hey, Evan, what's up? Mike, I can't do it, man. I can't get all these orders out on time. Evan, I'm busy, okay? I'm at a photo shoot, all right? Try ShipStation.com. 
ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple tool that works on any device. Hotbox and listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code HOTBOXIN. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Use code HOTBOXIN and get your ship together at ShipStation.com. Talk about the crossroads, man. Oh, man. It was... What is that song about? It, it was when, when Easy died. It was mm. so necessary. Mm. You know, and then Pac passed and Biggie passed. Mm. And, and it became a part of that culture because of that. You know, um, but it came to be because of Easy Easy E passing away and us wanting to give him something and put something together. So, and it materialized. We got in the studio. We were in our well. We're, you know, I still consider us in our prime. But we were at a very early stage when people weren't rapping like that. Well, nobody was. So we had an opportunity to be free. And just let it flow and just do what comes best to us. No competition, just let it flow. And it just came out and it um came out amazing. Yeah. And um it sixteen weeks, number one. I heard old uh what's that song with Billy Ray Cyrus and, and the kid? Um not Old that. Town Road. Not, that. not uh Old Town Road um just did sixteen weeks, so we tied. If he goes 17, then he beat us and the Beatles. So Damn. Yeah, congratulations to that young man as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yes, sir. Well, the crossroads is just, it's like its it was meant to be there. Yeah. You know, it's meant to be. I agree. Like I was saying, even just the name, anytime I hear Bone Thugs in Harmony, I'm just transported to that thuggish, ruggish bone. Thuggish, you know ruggish I mean? ball. <laughs> and the love of money. I mean, it's just your sound was so infused with. Yeah, it was just infused with life and, you know, and something higher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My you guys know? are like, my guys are so amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, dude. my guy Crazy was orchestrating that that look, that feel, that environment, that atmosphere. Um and everybody played a really, really significant part and a good part in it by giving each other the freedom to know these are your strong points. So we're going to allow you to do your thing, you know. So very, very, uh, a really good time. I, you know, I keep them locked in. You yeah. Know? You know, some things that have been blotted out from alcohol and weed, but yeah, there's certain things I keep, and that's definitely one of them, you know, the making of that song and the camaraderie that happened with it and how it came together. Even the way we put it together was different. It wasn't like uh, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Mm -hmm. It was like verse, verse, it was verse, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, end of the song. Yeah. Intro. So, yeah, it was just the whole thing. It was just fun yeah. being able to do what you wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and being in a company that lets you do what you want to do, so... That's yeah. awesome. Talk is that what did Easy 
was Easy E the guy? Do you feel like he brought you guys into the spotlight or gave you a bit your biggest shot or what was your relationship like with him that you felt you had to give him something back? I mean, yeah, of course, of course. He um he took us out of nothing. We didn't have anything. Hmm. Fed us, put clothes on our back, everything. Just loved us, really, really loved us. Um, and he uh he died really, really, really fast, hmm. like real fast. We didn't know what was going on. We thought we were being played like Ice Cube and Dr. Dre said. The whole time he was in the hospital dying. The entire, we didn't know. Rent, uh, we lived in Chatsworth. We had a little uh, mansion in Chatsworth, had a guest house, horse stables, the whole nine yards. You know, he he really decked it out for us because we were all together. It was us and then our baby mothers and, and, you know, our family, our moms and stuff like that. So everybody was coming in because that was the state that we were in and that was what was around us. Nobody had nothing. Mm. Like nothing. So anyway, um, yeah, that that's man, I'm just going back through my memory, give me a second. But anyway, let me Yeah, fast. yeah. It's all fast good, forward man. It. Um I so we didn't know he died. We thought he was playing us like Dr. Dre or or Ice Cube said. That's Grant crazy. wasn't paid and then a guy drove Yeah, I know, yeah. And then a the guy the whole time. And then I found out I was <laughs> I was in Cleveland selling dope in a dope house when it came on TV that Easy e has died of AIDS. And somebody that was there was like, hey, yo, there was a big argument. Don't just tell him like that. And so, you know, from that, I was just because we didn't know at that point because you know, I got kids. So at that point, it was like um, we really just thought it was we didn't know what was going on. Like nobody told us anything. And then a guy came through and he told us to leave, gave us a clue. And he said, a guy by the name of Ed, never forgetting. <laughs> the motherfucker locked his door on me when, when they were outside shooting. So I'll definitely not forget. It. That was a different incident. Fucking Ed. Ed. Fucking Ed. Ed. <laughs> fucking fucking Ed. Ed. You know, um, so he told us, he said, you guys go home. He just, he said, you guys are free. Go home. Like, free you owe us money what are you talking about he's like go home and then everybody we were still thinking he played us and and then that's how we went home and that's how we maintained up until the point we found out and then we came back together like holy shit did you hear what happened that's when we started because we all live on different sides of town you know what i mean i live with dad with my babies and yeah. So Easy E brings you out to LA. Oh yeah. Sets you up. Yeah. You had met with him. You had talked to him. Okay. You'd seen him in person. Uh, right. We were close, close, close. And then when did he just? He sort of just disappeared or something. And it just stopped. Like everything. Right after we left, um, he put us up. When he put us up in that place, did he looks it. No. No. Not he at all. Fine. I I used to ask him though because he used to sleep with a lot of women. I used to say, because I was, you know, when I was a little younger and, you know, you're a little more naive and you're, yeah. you're thinking, you know, I'm 16 rolling around with him. I said, do you, do wow. you wear condoms? Are you worried you really about catching that? You really asked him I re- that? I really did, Mike. I really yeah. did. I was just an inquisitive guy like that. And I think that that sometimes got at him because I was very, very open and I had high energy. 
you know, um, like I was, I needed Ritalin. That must have been just insane, dude. So a guy shows up, he's like, you guys go home. So you just, you're like, we had to pack oh, we're going back up. to Cleveland. Yep, I sent, I I sent house, my kids right? and then. Yeah. So that whole time, were you recording music? Were you, no, no, we had just finished. Not yet. We had just finished Eternal. We had just finished Eternal up, that the Crossroads record. The, now, Crossroads was a remix off of an original song we had, See You at the Crossroads, for Wally. Oh, interesting. You know, yeah, definitely. So, anywho, yeah. Yeah, and it just, and I found out on the news in the Dope House. Whoa, Well, man. selling dope. And you came back together. Uh-huh, and war began with Ruthless Records. So, like, a whole yeah, bunch of different people crazy. started fighting over Heller. Jerry Heller was fighting over it. Um, uh, Easy E, um, Easy E's fan, right, right, right. They they had their whole thing going on too. So yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy for a while. We were kind of being tossed around. My my intentions were, I was telling my guys, we're free. Let's not resign. We're free. Let's not resign. And I think that began that began the irritating part for the crew. Because of, I was early on it, like really, really early, and my guys just wanted to party. I got kids, so I'm thinking about masters later on. Right. I'm thinking about ownership later on because I know that they're going to, you know, get older as well. So I'm thinking in that state. Yeah. And my guys wasn't thinking. They're like, man, let's just party, man. You know, let's kick it. Let's have fun. We're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all mm. right. And that began my separation and going into my own path. And that's when that began. Just financially, I had to eventually sue them just for my solo rights. Like, I had to sue her because I signed when I was 17 years old. So Ugh. I'm really just working on the love anyway yeah. because I didn't want to be attached to anything. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I went through a lot of wars. But I have a good, a, a good business relationship with Ruthless Records and Tamika now. We used to go at it. and But now I have a really, really good relationship so what's going on with Lucifer's records right now um they have anybody I don't think anything's yet? going on easy ease estate and it still collects money it's still up and running residuals and different things it's still up and running and it's still moving definitely definitely still going strong just no new music is coming out of there okay. and I just think that the musical interest has left because I don't think nobody there at this point really, really loves music beyond the groups that are already encompassed in the company. Loves Easy E, loves Bone Thugs and Harmony, loves JJ Fad, loves some of the Dre reels and stuff like that, but doesn't love music to put out more music. And is what I think is going on there. Someone is there that don't like love it. You know what I mean? You have to love it or you can just yeah, sit back. She's sitting it. on her bank. You know, and that's not nothing wrong with that either because she's doing a good job in there for everybody. It's all good. What years was that all going down? Which when did part? Easy pass? 94, 95. Okay, 94. 95. Yeah, he was first, then 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 Pac, and then Big. Wow. The big three. Wow. That's the big three in hip-hop. Easy, Pac, Pac was in. Easy, Pac, and Big. Sort of earth shattering those losses. Oh my gosh, for the hip hop community, it was I'm terrible. Them too. It was terrible. Yeah. Because, you know, this is pre social media. Yeah. This is pre Instagram. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is, you know, back when Zuckerberg was just getting started. <laughs> yeah, fuck you know? before that. Bro. You know, yeah. um, yeah. this was, so it was a different time. Music yeah. was everywhere. 
everything. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Everything. Absolutely. Death Row and, and, and Dr. Dre and Tupac. And it was it was everything. Music was a part of. And then for guys in sports and things of that nature, all we did was stay around each other. We we're always involved in around each other's circles. So it was just a lifestyle that when people see you, they just show you so much love. They Sometimes they just come and they just I'm on tour right now. And I get people that just start dropping tears and saying Crossroads changed my life. Absolutely. They played that at my son's funeral and different. Ooh. Yeah. So you get that all the time. So, oh, yeah, it was it was just impact, I think, is it to make a long story short. Absolutely, man. Um, what was it like working with Biggie? Oh, my God. Biggie was the boss. He was uh, <laughs> shit. One of my all-time favorite pregame songs, Notorious Thugs, dude. He was the goddamn Don of New York, if there ever was one. Yeah. The whole city gave him love. And, I, I mean, I'm quite sure you're familiar with New York. Yes. It's a tough place. Absolutely, man. It's a tough place to just be in, of course. It's a tough place to just be in. And they everybody embraced him. Wow. Like, everybody. Everybody. So you felt that when you was with him. So all it, it was always in a boss format when I would sing. And then when we did the song, it was smoking weed, drinking. He was very cool. Very good dude. One of my one of my guys came in, my my little brother Capo, rest in heaven, he came in with a Tupac shirt on. Oh wow. So him and Lil C's is looking at each other like this. <laughs> They doing this. Oh, Ain't nobody backing dude. down. I'm just watching these two young lions <laughs> before I intervene. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> with the shirt? Yeah, get the, well, not so much with the shirt, yeah, with the yeah, tension. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because Big. No, I know. Of see, course. Because I, Big, what yeah. nobody knew, is Big actually loved Tupac. Right. And wished him no harm. And now we know, now that we see things for what it is, who did what, the story came out. How did it happen? It's just like when, what happened with Pac. That boy who went out there to do that, he was hustling. He was out there with four other guys, but he went there by himself. Now, if, you're in the, if, you, if you're in this world, you know, I'm going to try to make you hit me so I can get money from you. Mm. And it happens all the time to where, to where people want to get assaulted in order to hit you with a lawsuit. He was there hustling and just standing out there at the VIP right outside the door so he can be seen. That's a hustle. And if you know, if you know the streets, he was trying to get some money. And I think everything else that transpired in it is the gang culture in Los Angeles. They don't even bring Jesus with them when it comes to war. All spirits are out the door, as we've seen what happened with Nipsey Hussle. Mm. It's a different culture. Like, it's, it's real warfare with no heart in it at all. So that, that's my take. I've been wanting to talk to Mike about it for so long. I just never had the opportunity because, you know, when you're friends with somebody and you know somebody or you consider yourself someone, a friend of someone, you know, because I've, I've met Mike three times and I, I've always remembered it and He's he's my champ. You know what I mean? He's my Thank you, brother. Thank he's you. He's my heavyweight champion. You know what I mean? No doubt, man. So anywho, yeah, so I wanted to always tell Pac my I mean, excuse me, I wanted to always tell Mike my assessment on what I thought really, really happened. You know what I mean? And and just because we like to understand things about people we know. Yeah. Yeah. 
They How mean did to get Pac deep, feel? my bad. No, hell yeah. No, we go deep, brother. Think cool. about Pac. Pac was, if you met him, he's really beautiful, but he's just too, too intense. Very intense. Mm. He's too fucking intense. Very intense. Yeah. Well, he was living... His living yeah, he, conduct he was, living was his, yeah, tied he, to his beliefs. Yeah, he really believed that he was a revolutionary. Yeah. yeah. And he was. He was. I believe, you know, you know, if time would have prevailed and permitted, he would have somehow gotten hindered. Hmm. Because people like that always get hindered. Well, he... I mean, in many ways, I mean, he was in a different, I mean, in a yeah. different way with him still being able to be here. But he was a revolutionary in the way Absolutely. that still to this day, like, you know, everything that happens is meant to be, even though it hurts mm. still to this day. That's really, really what he is. He's revolutionized the minds of people. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, guys like him. He's. I mean, look at the impact he had. My God. It's just the time that he had. He impacted me. Yeah, absolutely. Individually as a person and as an artist. Yeah. Like he impacted me. The way he, when he came into the studio and he, he, how he did it. Ever since then, it's three songs a day for me. Mm. Every time I go in the studio, I make the most of it. Mm. He impacted me as an artist and as a person and as a man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. I feel the same. I mean, I never had a chance to meet him, but just listening to his music, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and some people like that though, in the, on the, in the path of history are so explosive and revolutionary and paradigm shifting that it's almost like there's not enough energy for them to last that long. Man, you know that's I mean? interesting what you said about Pac. Because he didn't give a fuck about dying. He was ready to yeah. all time. Right. And he lived that way. Yeah. He would say to anybody, he don't care to you, me, he would say, what the fuck you, fuck you, to anybody. He didn't care who they were, how big they were, how strong they were, what reputation about them being dangerous. He was just a fucking loose cannon sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's what it do it. live in that that's way. What, yeah, that's what it do it. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to evaluate yeah. somebody that you care for. And you, you one, it's hard to, to do that. Down yeah. Right, I hear that, though. I definitely yeah. hear that. You know, it just hurts, you know, to think about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because that time and that moment and that time, it was a lot of lot of pain going on. Easy e yeah. just went. You know what I mean? We still getting over that and... Of course, stuff happening in our family is just one thing compiles on to the next thing, and it keeps on going, keeps on going for, for a guy like me. But I do hear, I hear what Mike is saying. You know what I mean about calming down, and you know I understand where you're coming from as well. So, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Talk about beef in the rap game, man. And talk <laughs> about it's a now. myth. They don't have beef no more. Huh? It's a myth, no as Alan Iverson said. That's a myth. Really? But no, um, no, it happens. It yeah. happens just with anything else. It's less corporate mm. and more the workers. Mm. It's less corporate beef than it used to. Like, it used to be corporate beef. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You see Diddy and shit going right. at it. Right. You because know, that's corporate beef, two CEOs. You very rarely see that now. You see the young guys. And then, you know, um, social media and attacking a camera. And then, you know, when you shock someone for some odd reason, they want to see it again. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, it's that compulsive disorder we have as, as people. So those things are trending right now. So beef, just to bring that together, beef basically is surmised as that. It's bullshit. Yeah. 
basically. <laughs> it's bullshit, for real. It's in the in the day and age of social media. It's a way to get followers, views, views. You yeah. Get famous yeah. like that. Yeah. At one time, I'm in New York, man. I'm listening to. I'm in my car listening to the radio station. And I don't know who Mr. Matt. I don't know who was in New York. And he had a beef with, I guess, Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane heard him on the radio, heard he was downtown, went downstairs, beat his ass on the radio station. Yeah, and yeah. Like, hey, hey, now you're cool, chill, I don't know who it was, but I know Big Daddy Kane kicked his ass, came right. to the radio station and kicked his ass on the air. That's how it was back then, dude. Yeah, yeah things changed dramatically. Now it's just really, what they call it, clout chasing. Mm. You know, capping. <laughs> clout chasing. Clout chasing. He's capping. Yeah, you know, to get people to, you know, get views, right? You don't really get no money off views, but you know, like my kids, as they're growing up, you know, they I see it, I see mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. You know, as a father, you see what it is. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then when you're in the industry, you just gotta stay in in your own lane and in in music. Yeah. You just gotta stay in your own lane. You see how Mike stays relevant. And yeah. what he's doing, it doesn't matter if he's in the ring or if he's not in the ring. He can still go. He can act in box, top mm-hmm. box office, goddamn movies and things of that nature. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that, too. You know, it's knowing that balance between what's going on, where we're at, and when we're talking about grandfather money and generational wealth. No, I, I realized in life so far, everything you want, once you let it go, you receive it. Mm-hmm. All your dreams and thoughts of money and wealth and, you know, um, being in light and all that stuff. When you let all that stuff go, that's when you get it. Mm. Let it go. Let it it go. Stop thinking about yourself in your head, how great you are, how special you are. Let it go. Right. That's because you're not happy when you're thinking about yourself. Mm. The only thing you think about is, you know, your guilt, your jealousy, your enviness. Mm. You know what I mean? Your shame. That's our ego. That's my ego. Mm. Yeah. That's my ego. It's like, have you ever, have you guys ever come across a Chinese finger trap? Tell me about that. You mean those one things? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, the Chinese finger trap is you put your fingers into it. Right. And the more you pull, the tighter it gets. So you can't get your fingers out by pulling them out. You have to go in further to loosen it up. And then you can one by one take your fingers out. Mm-hmm. But the more you pull and try to just pull out of it, the tighter it gets. <laughs> you blow your finger out of socket. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that is. Mm-hmm. It's that thing. The more you want something and the harder you pull and like try to reach for it and try to get it, right. it's just out of reach. Yeah, you got to let it all go. Just let it all go and it comes. Mm. Yeah, that's some real shit about life. Yes, it is. There's good vibes in here, right? Of course. I mean, even just this building. No, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love the environment. I I made sure I did a little recording before we came in here. It's really, really nice. Very, very good place. Yeah, man, it's good. It all comes from the top. It's a trickle down. Okay. Mike Tyson is the king of positivity. You have to be positive because, you know, sometimes... That's I found, right. and that's what I found out about myself. I was studying myself. I started studying myself and what my biggest issue and stuff. And I found out what my ego was. My ego was my, um, like I was explaining earlier, it was my shame and my guilt. 
and my jealousy and my envy. And that's my fucking ego. That's that shit to make motherfuckers think I'm a bad motherfucker. All that fucking filth. Mm. You know, my jealousy, my enviness, you know, and my guilt, all that shit. People think, and then all that tough guy, that's all that, that, that ego is. Hmm. It's my, my guilt and shit, my shame. That can be so blinding. Ooh. If you right? think, yeah, you think this is a gift. You think this is something God gave you, and this is just all your flaws. All your shit. Pushed in your face, right. and you want to avoid it, so you fight it, you show it. You know, you just show no love for yourself, so you show no love by acting out, being mean and cruel to people. Yeah. Because you're ashamed what you may have done before in the past, and you think no one knows. It comes a time you think everybody's going to know one day. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that thing you said the other day, Mike. What's that? And uh, you talked about, you know, you're talking about God, your higher power, saying to you, yeah, it looks good, like everything you're doing, but you think we forgot about all this yeah, other shit. Yeah. And I was thinking about how God is love and all loving. At the end of the day, when you go back to the source of all of this, is God really going to have some punishment for you? No, no. And then I read this thing about you, Mike. I read this thing about there was a time in your life you must have just had it. And you're saying, this life has no, no more good for me can be found in this life. I just want to go into the mountains and become a missionary. Okay, I can picture me. I went through that motion before. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about you now. You kind of, you've become that missionary, man. You're making a living amends, as I like to say. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, and I also appreciate you. And I appreciate so much, having brother. you in here, man. Appreciate being here. Yeah. You know, not very often you get to have these conversations. Not very often. So oh. I'm, I really appreciate the whole lane. You guys are big. Yeah. And I appreciate being here, too. <laughs> That's awesome, man. What else, man? So where's this beef with Migos at, dude? I mean, it's, is it's, it fucking, is it's it no, just a thing? Is it it's, over? It's nowhere. It, it started off with Lay, and then it started with Lay, you know, basically getting jumped by them two, and then I, I chimed in, and it really isn't anything at this point. Yeah. Like, um, those guys aren't answering. Right, they're not, like, trying them. to... They're not trying yeah, to answer, you know, yeah. so... Yeah, so that's where it's at, and we just well, keep going. Well, that's good, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Keep it on wax. Keep it on wax. Keep it on wax, baby. Wax, baby. Love that. Well, is there anything else you want you our to people know to know um, before we wrap this thing well, up? Well, yeah, yeah, they can. Uh, my social media, you mean stuff like that? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, or anything else we missed, man. Oh, well, uh, let me see. I'm, I'm writing my life story. You know, nice. a lot of people don't know. I was kidnapped and found by uh, uh, John Walsh. Wow. Tell the me story. about that. How long ago was that? Tell us that about was that. When I was a kid. Yeah, so yeah. I was kidnapped, my sisters and myself, and we were gone for 15 months. My mom looking for us. She found us through John Walsh. And, uh, America's Most Wanted. Yeah, yeah from America's Most Wanted because his son got killed. So, you know, from there, you know, that's my story. That's when I walk in and I talk to the Make-A-Wish Foundation or when I talk to abused kids or, 
you know, that's my charity work that opens up the door in order for me to be charitable and people to relate to me as a person. And I think that's what's sustained me on that front as well. So, you know, that that's just me. That's Busy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony, you know, new record carbon monoxide coming out. Uh, Mr. McCain, M-R-M-C-C-A-N-E on Instagram, YouTube, Jam TV, Busy Bone. Just get that in there. I am Busy Bone on Facebook. That's about it. Rock and roll, man. Awesome, brother. You know. Thank you, man. Beautiful. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, brother. Thank you. You know you. I love you. I'm going to get you a big hug from you. I love you. You know I love you. Yes, sir. That's yeah, awesome, man. Great up, Mike. Man, listen, this is another great episode of Hot Boxing. I'm Mike Tyson. I'm Evan Britton. All right, we're out of here, guys. Love. Peace. This episode of Hot Boxing is brought to you by ShipStation. Get your 60-day free trial at ShipStation.com right now with promo code HOTBOXING.